Afternoon. How you guys doing? Hard Talk Radio. Back at it again. Live in 4K. Good evening, everybody. Hope everybody is uh, doing what they got to do to get through these days. Because it's tough out here. That's all I could tell you. It is tough out here. Alright, so now we're going to deal with this perv senior citizen simp who decides that he thinks this is a way to get a woman. Let's get into it. Hard Talk Radio, live in 4K. Can't believe this, man. I just, I just can't. This old and you still sipping? For mm. sex in order to rent a home as part of an ongoing federal trial now. 13 Chief Investigator Darcy Spears has the bizarre story of a property manager who required his tenant to sign a sex contract and is now facing allegations of discrimination, harassment, and fraud. Darcy, what is this all about? Well, you guys, it's actually hard to fathom that someone would put something like this in writing. We've had to cover some of the words because we can't show them on TV, but here it is in black and white. It's so crazy, I didn't believe it until I saw it in the court record. This is Alan Rothstein, the man who wrote the sex contract. Court records show he forced a prospective tenant to sign it in November 2018 in order to rent this four-bedroom home on Wedgebrook Street near Las Vegas Boulevard and St. Rose Parkway. At the time, Rothstein was the property manager and also a real estate broker. He lost both licenses after a Nevada real estate division investigation. He now stands to lose a lot more if a federal judge finds him guilty. He's currently on trial for violations of the Fair Housing Act in this lawsuit filed by his former tenant. And the facts are unlike anything this experienced housing lawyer has ever seen. My reaction was you had to be putting me on, that nobody in their right mind would go to the trouble to draw up a contract like this. No one involved would talk to us as the trial is ongoing. We asked legal expert Bruce Flammy to analyze the case. He thought... lose everything and go to jail and you're going to be and once those prisoners find out what you did it's going to be a wrap and you're going to have multiple contracts on your hands that you're not going to like you're going to know what it's like to be put in a rock in a hard place you're going to know what it's like what you put this single mother through you're going to go through have you ever seen anything like this no not even on bar exams in law school Nobody has ever put something like this together that I've ever seen. Although, in all candor, I think there's more of these out there. Sources close to the case tell 13 Investigates this is not the first time Rothstein has done this, and there are other victims. Rothstein himself admitted to the real estate division that he wrote the sex contract and required the tenant to sign it. And in court records, he says any agreements or documents mentioned speak for themselves.
sexual intercourse and or or which is in italics. Who names a document that? It goes on to say, please read this legal contract carefully. And that's where I started laughing because this is a legal contract the way the uh, actors on Grey's Anatomy are real doctors, okay? This is literally not worth the paper it's printed on. The terms of the so-called contract are even crazier than the title. The tenant had to swear she wasn't signing under the influence of any intoxicant, including alcohol, drugs, oysters, truffles, sea cucumber, strawberries, lobster, I've never known anybody to be under the influence of lobster, dark chocolate, cocaine, LSD, and cannabis. I don't know where you get a list like that. Another paragraph says the tenant swears she does not currently have a boyfriend, girlfriend, or parent who is larger, meaner, and more physically aggressive, owns firearms, and or is more... <laughs> I would walk past, you know, streets in Jamaica Avenue, and they would have these little signs posted on subway poles, you know, and bus stops about how people were um, have vacant rooms for rent. And now I know why people don't use that because you got creeps like this who would put that type of advertisement out there to try to trap somebody for sex. More possessive than Rothstein. She was told if she didn't sign this, she was not going to be able to get the unit. So in all, for all intents and purposes, it's exactly sex for a place to live. It's exactly what it is. And it's almost sex on demand. What do we make of the fact that she initialed this thing? Nothing. Um, people sign things all the time, and the popular myth is, well, you signed it, so it's binding. Yeah. There are a variety of things you can sign that are not binding. Uh, any contract that is against the law or public policy is not binding. So why would anyone sign anything like this? Court documents say in August 2018, the tenant and her five children were homeless, living from week to week in a residential hotel. The Southern Nevada Regional Housing Authority threw them a lifeline, approving them for Section 8, a federal program that funds local public housing authorities to help low-income families rent from private landlords. But one of the provisions of Section 8 is that once you're approved, you have to find a residence that will be covered by the program within about 60 days of when you're approved. Now, depending on where she was in that 60-day window when this thing came up, after she refused any sexual encounters. In court records, Rothstein disputes any fair housing violations. Attorney Falami says no matter the outcome of the civil trial, accountability shouldn't stop there. There may or may not have been crimes committed here. The word extortion flashes in my mind in this kind of situation. But that's not what this trial is about that's going on in federal court right now. But this is a good example of a case where maybe somebody ought to go to jail. When the real estate division revoked Rothstein's licenses, state investigators found he listed a fake address for his brokerage. The state also found he repeatedly made unwanted sexual advances when he had the tenant come to his home to sign documents. He was fined $94,000 in that, and we will update this story with the outcome of the federal case.
That judge, when he hears that, when he hears that you tried to coerce a single mother with nowhere to go, a single mother down on her luck, he is going to fry. Period. He, he, please. Like I said, he's going to get that book thrown at him hard. There's no mercy going to be shown for this guy. Period. And here's a, a sad story, but it's just... It's a real sad story. That's all I could say. It just really is. Hold on one minute. Yeah, well... This is it. One second. One, one second. Yeah, yep. Yeah. One second here. Good afternoon. I'm Mary Calvi. And I'm Chris Raggy. Let's begin with that accident in the Bronx. A four-year-old was killed when a scooter driven by his father collided with a car. Now the father and the driver of the car are facing charges. CBS News' Natalie Dedrich is live in Kingsbridge Heights with the very latest. Natalie. Chris, Mary, we spoke to witnesses still visibly shaken. They have been showing up here to the crash scene, just starting to leave candles, also to say a prayer. And one man told us he ran over to try to help, took off his shirt to try and stop the child's bleeding. I heard the father screams. It was, uh, it was gut-wrenching. Jabray Mitchell ran out of his apartment when he heard a crash around 9.20 last night at the corner of 193rd Street and Bailey Avenue and saw a child on the ground. I dropped down to my knees. I, I put my head, I grabbed the child. I put my head to his, his chest. Um, he was, he was still, he, he was, he wasn't moving. Um, his heart was beating, but... Police say a 24-year-old father, Mario Rosario, was driving a stolen motorized scooter with his 4-year-old son, also Mario Rosario. Investigators say they were going southbound on Bailey Avenue when they struck a car that was turning onto 193rd Street. He sped up and tried to pass the car going up the hill. And the car didn't see him because he, he came so fast. Investigators say the father and son were knocked off the bike. They were not wearing helmets. The four-year-old sustained severe head trauma. I think we lost him literally right here um, while he was on the ground. He was rushed to St. Barnabas Hospital but did not survive. His father was arrested and charged with endangering the welfare of a child and criminal possession of stolen property. If you have a kid, I don't think it's appropriate for you to be in a bike, I guess, like, with your kid, because, especially without a helmet, like, you're the parent, like, the child. A lot of them, a lot, you see a lot of, uh, a, a lot of, um, a lot of men will be driving motorcycles and scooters without helmets, and some will have passengers on it when it's not built for two passengers, okay, and this is what happens, and unfortunately, uh, you know, some woman thought it was a bright idea to mate with this type of man who's a thief. 
Okay? And this is what happens. Now she got to bury a child that she had with, you know, a man who, who, who was a loser. She has to deal with that now. Unfortunately. Yeah, he's just as he's just at fault. He is just at fault. Why are you going to go and try to commit a crime with your with your child there? Why are you going to do that? basically it man it's basically what happened alright this guy played the fool and he played stupid games and won a stupid prize now he's going to prison and when he goes to prison people are going to find out why he's in prison it's not going to look good for him being that clownish and that irresponsible Alright, so we're going to be going over to Chelsea Piers, Chelsea residents, what they got to say about what's going on with the epidemic they're dealing with over there now. Let's go check them out now. Fox 5 investigation, two months in the making, a Manhattan neighborhood terrorized by sex, drugs, and break-ins. video that shows it all. People living in the middle of it say not enough is being done to keep them safe, and they want out. Fox 5's Lisa Evers with exclusive video that will have a lot of people talking tomorrow. This is 8th Avenue in Chelsea, a neighborhood known for chic condos, great restaurants, and tolerant community. But now a part of it is being overrun by drug dealers and drug users, and residents here are paying the price. In this exclusive video obtained by Fox 5 News, you see a person injecting a syringe into their arm in a basement laundry room. And yet another video obtained exclusively by Fox 5, you see another person sitting casually smoking what police tell us is probably crystal meth. These are not isolated incidents. People living here on West 21st Street between 8th and 9th Avenues are trying to cope with an influx of drug addicts who have turned their once lovely neighborhood into a 24-hour drug and sex den. It's become the go-to destination for dealers and users. The drug of choice? Crystal methamphetamine. To make matters even worse, all of this is happening in front of a school. Fox 5 was first there in June at PS11, where parents tell us their children have... Just to let you know, Joe Biden, you know, approved of crack pipes and drug use in his city in America so 
yeah, Joe Biden has a hand in this. Okay. But I wonder what Eric Adams has to say about this. I mean, he should know about this. Just wondering. I've seen way too much nudity, sex acts, drug use, and threatening behavior. For parents picking them up from school, it's like a walk through Dante's Inferno. We have people going around the block for the past three years, you know, taking drugs, having sex in the basements, break-ins, different type of uh, intrusions. Uh, But basically, we feel like the area is not safe for our kids. What's worse is that it's not just at night. During the day, you see them sitting over here shooting up, smoking. I find pipes, I find needles in the street. These little kids are playing right here. Residents of police tell us the construction scaffolding on much of West 21st Street and around the corner on 8th Avenue provides a perfect cover for illegal activity. They tell us after buying their heroin, crack, and crystal methamphetamine, users then walk down West 21st Street looking for a place to get high, just like this person appeared to do right in front of our cameras. You've lived here how long? Seven years. Have you ever seen it like this? No, no, definitely not. This is definitely increased. Um, Pre-pandemic, I never, never experienced this personally um, in the way that we are seeing right now by any means. The drug use is now so rampant and dangerous, police tell us a 38-year-old Brooklyn man was found dead an apparent drug overdose inside a private video booth at the Rainbow Station sex shop on 8th Avenue between 20th and 21st Streets. It's one of three adult businesses on the same block. It's the same location where several weeks later, police arrested four men in a brutal beating. In these exclusive surveillance images, you see the illegal drug use. Residents tell us the problem is getting worse despite their efforts to get help and increase security. We've put about $60,000 worth of uh, video intercom, magnetic locks, cameras everywhere. They've broken into a basement multiple times. Vivek Batra says surveillance cameras have proven to be no deterrent. In this video, you see an intruder breaking into the bike room and methodically taking a bike. Residents are begging the city and the NYPD to do something. We use the 311 app, which is great. We call the police. The police is very responsive. Fortunately, that bail reform is not going to help. It's not helping. Um, you could lock them up and they'll be free the next day, fortunately. We had two break-ins. They were able to arrest the people within hours. The issue that we're seeing is in a lot of cases, they're not able to detain the person. Um, so sometimes they're not able to do the arrest that we need them to do. We took the residents' concerns to the NYPD's 10th Precinct Commanding Officer, Captain Robert Galt. This is certainly an area that is uh, a lot of activity. I asked Captain Galt to walk the neighborhood with me at night. The core issue here, changes in the bail laws, where those arrested cannot be held behind bars. Our patrol arrests are up 37% right now, year to date. Uh, And then when you look at the narcotics level arrests, also we're at a 37% increase year to date. So we're arresting the individuals, um, we're bringing them in, um, but what we're seeing unfortunately is they're right back out there and the addiction doesn't go away. During our first visit in June, there was a heightened police presence from the 10th Precinct, but that was only after we arrived with our cameras rolling. The police are trying to do their bit, and they say their hands are tied, basically, because all, all they can do is arrest them, provide a report, and they're out in minutes, and then they're back here all over again. It's a frustrating situation. Mayor Eric Adams calls catch, release, repeat. Captain Galt says it happens nearly every day. In fact, one man they arrested recently for drug possession had 151 previous arrests. 
he was issued a desk appearance ticket and released a couple of hours later. You mentioned the elementary school on 21st Street. My, my people were out there today. They arrested a recidivist with a, a lengthy criminal history, um, brought her in. Um, this is an individual. She was in possession. She was observed smoking crystal meth under the scaffolding next to a school. She was brought in, and um, she, um, as per the law, she qualified for a desk appearance ticket, and she was right out of the station house a couple hours later. Another big concern for residents is the increase in intimidation and physical threats. It's gotten so bad, sometimes they can't even get through their own front door, no matter what the sign says. A bartender whose shift ends late at night and has lived here for 44 years told me enough is enough, and she's moving out. I would come home between 4 and 5 in the morning, and they would be on my front stoop, and I was horrified. How am I going to get up? They were doing drugs, they were tweaking, they were shooting up in their toes, and smoking crack. They get aggressive and say, we'll cut you, we'll pull a knife. I had someone pull a knife last week. I was gardening over here, and I tried to chase someone. You think that's bad? Try walking by uh, Southside Jamaica. Southside Jamaica, Queens. You want to see a land of just drug addicts? Walk by there, you know. Look at the park. It's sad. It is really sad. And unfortunately, it's not going to get any better. It's not. People are going to have to learn to defend themselves. Or move to the suburbs. here tell us that what they really want is for people in crisis to get the help that they need and for the police to have the power to keep lawbreakers off the streets in Chelsea I'm damn it's crazy man it's insane insane what's going on man it truly is All right, here's the next story. And this one is pretty deep. It's not just... I'll just put it this way. You got a lot of crazy men in this world. It's also the women too. So we're going to get into that. Definitely going to get into that. murder charge after police said that she doused her boyfriend with gasoline and lit him on fire. NBC 5's Lily Zhang spoke with the victim's family. Lisa Doyle says her son Ricky had all Fair use, by the way. Fair use. Always dreamed of becoming an author. This is not the ending they wanted. And the times I when he saw him in the hospital I told him you didn't know what kind of story you want to tell. This is a big, this is a big story for you to write. And it's a story she and her daughter Michaela now painfully share. 
Doyle, 25 years old, died after a two-week fight in the hospital. Police say he was set on fire on July 18th by his girlfriend, this woman, Brianna Johnson. Doyle's little sister says the violence started outside their Arlington home. She just started beating on his chest and she took his phone, she threw his phone. Then she came back and she picked the phone up, she threw it at him. Michaela was on the phone with police and she says Johnson took off with Doyle in the car. Investigators say Johnson drove to this gas station along Mayfield Road, paid for 50 cents worth of gas, pumped it into the back seat where Doyle was sitting and ignited it. His family says he was burned across more than 90% of his body. The bottom of his feet were spared. That's all the body his body I could touch. Good grief, man. Us men, we got to be careful with these women that we try to date young men. Just stay away from these women that are crazy. If they have a hint of craziness, walk away from them. Okay? I don't care what she's giving you. I don't care what she's offering you. Walk away. It isn't worth it seeing your mom cry like this. It isn't worth it people losing you. Alright? See those red flags. If you have if you know older men that are successful in life and they've avoided traps like this, talk to them and listen to them so you could avoid being in this situation, losing your life. She's crazy, walk away. That is it. She doesn't give you no peace if she's if it's always a burden being around her if you argue more than you have pleasant conversation leave her alone Doyle's family is living through their darkest days I never went into nothing without him and um this weekend I gotta go into something without him and I don't know if I'm gonna be able to take it they're also holding on to his memory their protector with a caring heart and hopes his story if you hurt someone that you care about, it's not love. It's not love. Will make a difference in their fight for justice. Ooh, it's hot. All right. It's crazy, man. It is. It's. It's nuts. She's not worth it. If the arguments, like I say it again, man, it ain't worth it. All right. And the one thing that will get you caught up is the sex. The sex is what will get you caught up. The sex is what will blind you. I'm going to sound corny and old school, but just hold off to a marriage, man. Just do. Because when you can do that, you you don't, you're not, you're not uh, under her spell. With sex Okay She can't hold you And also study narcissism Study what a narcissist is like Their traits and everything Study that Alright we're on to the next one Let's go on to this one Alright One second Alright, so they have an update with the woman that was killed, the tarmac woman that was killed. They got their information, but I'm going to tell you 
what's been put up. All right, let's get into it. in New York City. This after a young woman was killed last month inside her apartment in Tamarack. The Broward Sheriff's Office announced that the suspect, Sakina Thompson, is now in custody. CBS Source Peter Adinch joins us live from the Tamarack Village Complex with the very latest on this story. Peter. Well, Naja BSO says that the suspect was arrested in a neighborhood in Queens. That was three weeks after the homicide here. It's also where residents are relieved. I feel terribly bad that that happened to her. Sheila Hernandez was horrified by the murder of her neighbor, identified by friends and family members as 23-year-old Kayla Hodgson seen here and in photos in a post from loved ones on a fundraising website. BSO says they responded to Hodgson's second floor apartment on July 13th after a 911 call about an unresponsive woman. They say they discovered that Hodgson died at the scene here at the Tamarack Village Complex. On July 25th, a warrant was issued for 28-year-old Sakina Thompson. She was arrested on Wednesday in New York City. Making an arrest makes me feel a lot more comfortable. BSO is not saying what led them to their suspect, but an arrest affidavit says Sakina Thompson was demonstrating a depraved mind without regard for human life by stabbing with a sharp object with a premeditated intent to cause death. I am very happy to hear about it because I was we were scared. We, we heard different stories from different people, and I happen to live on the floor above her, so... I'm very happy. It makes me feel a lot better and more secure that they finally arrested somebody. PSO has not said what the motive was. It's not clear when Thompson will be extradited. Right now, she is charged with first-degree murder. We are live in 10... All right. Let's get into it. Okay. So... Let's get into the, the meat of what, why someone, right, would travel all the way to Florida to go and practically viciously mutilate someone like that. Let's get into the details. All right, here we go. Yep, we here. New York woman arrested for killing 23-year-old lady over a man. I will do it. According to multiple reports reaching us at Dreads World, an arrest has been made in New York City over the murder of a 23-year-old Tormac woman. 28-year-old Shakina Thompson was extradited to Broward County Sheriff's Office after being turned in by New York City Police. Alright. Huggins' body was found on July 13th. While details are still pending, the family and friends of the deceased woman claim she was murdered because of a love affair dispute. There was there was two were said to have been messing around with the same man. That will do it, man. That will do it. Okay. And a woman, I did a live stream yesterday of a woman that was, uh, I did one earlier today. A woman was killed because 
you know, she, she was messing around with someone else's man and she probably didn't know. And that's how it went down. Unfortunately. Like I said, I'll say it once, I'll say it again. It's not just men out here that are simping and acting a fool. You got women doing that same thing. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. All right. Okay. Unfortunately, that's what it is. Okay. So, going for the last one. The last and final story I'm going to be doing today. Seems to be a takeover. All right. At Gateway 7-Eleven. Oh, there's one more story as well I'm going to be doing as well. All right. Let's get into this. Hard Talk Radio, live in 4K. Now, as you saw throughout the morning, it was closed for several hours after it was vandalized during that illegal street takeover. Dang, look at the, it's, oh my God, they about to crash. It was too long. Police are investigating an illegal street takeover. Cars blocked the intersection as they did donuts in the Harbor Gateway area. Neighbors saw hundreds of spectators. Some were standing in the roadway. I live in the apartments next door, and I was ready to go to sleep, and all of a sudden I heard just a bunch of noise, like cars doing donuts. And so it's like I came down the street, and there was cars everywhere. There was cars in 7-Eleven's parking lot. There were also vehicles and trucks that were stuck in the traffic as the street was taken over. Many residents reported hearing loud noise. Some were kept awake along with their children. They always do that when they do the takeovers, but I don't come outside at nighttime. You stay away. I stay away. Police were called to a nearby 7-Eleven store after a group of people apparently ransacked the location during the street takeover. Officers responded to the store near El Segundo Boulevard and South Figueroa Street around 1 a.m. Food was all over the store and in the parking lot. Cash registers were reportedly destroyed. This is real bad. It, it, people just took over to 7-Eleven. Several workers were trying to get the store back open Monday. It was closed temporarily for cleanup. I think it's messed up. It's messed up that people will come together and do something outrageous like this. LAPD told me no arrests have been made. The investigation continues. 7-Eleven workers here declined to comment. Reporting live in... People crazy, man. People are crazy. They're trying to take over, trash in stores. Hate to admit, but some of them could be minorities. But people are going to get tired of it. I'm telling you, it's going to come to a point where people are going to get fed up. And they are not going to want to put up with this anymore. That's what's going to happen. 
they're not going to want to put up with this anymore and they are going to get fed up and start arming themselves that's what's going to happen they're going to get fed up all right this will be the final story for today final one I really feel for these MTA workers, man. They have have a tough job. And they're not getting respect. People think they could um, put hands on them and do all types of stuff to them. And it's not right. It really isn't. Was pushed back to Friday. With suspect will appear in front of a grand jury charged with assault and harassment. CBS's John Diaz joins us now live from outside the Bronx Criminal Courthouse with more on what this means. John. Chris and Mary, good afternoon to both of you. And the suspect here in this case, Alexander Wright, he didn't even show up to court today. He waived his appearance. Instead, his lawyer just showed up. But he is still, though, in police custody. He has not been able uh, to make a $5,000 bail. Meanwhile, though, the victim of this family, this family's victim, though, disappointed they cannot see this attacker, you know, face-to-face. But they say that they will be right back here Friday still calling for justice. Justice for Anthony! Passionate pleas heard loud outside the Bronx County Hall of Justice today. Loved ones and co-workers of Anthony Nelson want accountability. And for the man who allegedly badly beat the 35-year-old while he was on the job to be prosecuted to the fullest extent. Anthony is not the first one to get assaulted. But we want to make sure that he's the last. Robert Kelly is with the TWU Local 100 Union. He says constantly transit workers fear for their lives, often getting insulted. Our members do not come to work to be punching bags. Last week, Nelson was cleaning the Pelham Bay subway station in the Bronx when police alleged 49-year-old Alexander Wright began to harass customers. Nelson then stepped in to protect them, but the suspect quickly turned his rage toward Nelson, breaking his collarbone and nose. According to the criminal complaint, Wright attacked with intent to cause physical injury. This is Nelson's mom. I spoke to him this morning. He's tired. You know, he's in a lot of pain. She thinks her son is a hero. And in her words, the man who attacked him is a menace to society. He was previously arrested more than 40 times. He's a repeatable offender. He can hurt anybody. We don't know. Anthony's probably saved somebody else's life. Yeah. We don't know what this man would have did. Nelson's family also says the only reason Wright is currently in custody is because despite Nelson's injuries, he was able to help hold down the suspect until officers arrived. I feel like the city didn't do what they were supposed to do because if they did my brother wouldn't have gotten hurt now there's still a temporary restraining order in place and as for nelson well his family tells us that you know this was traumatic for him he just underwent his second surgery yesterday but he is still though in good spirits and he also said in the statement that if it happened again he would do this all over again protect those uh innocent people but for now we are live this afternoon from outside the bronx You see, it's it's really bad. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's really a um, 
it, it's gone bad that they used to set MTA workers on fire. The ones who worked in the booth, anyway. Um, unfortunately, I don't think much is going to change. Because this guy should be facing seven years in prison. It's a felony to attack an MTA worker in New York City. Okay. But like I said, nothing much is going to change because of these reform laws and repeat offenders could keep offending and offending and and nothing's going to happen. People are going to have to learn to protect themselves. But thank you for listening on the stream. Uh, anything you want to know about this channel is in the description box. Like, share, comment, and subscribe. Tell me what you think in the comments. What do you think about the stories? Let me know what you think. Later.